0: It was like a revelation, but I only came across it by accident. A single audio file in an old directory. But it was the name that drew me to it. Do not open.1.david.mp5. Maybe it was a trick. It worked. I listened. and a shiver ran down my spine. It, it was a recording of a meeting. A meeting that I knew about, but what I heard didn't match what I'd been told. So I began to search for more information. I hacked the archives, and I discovered surveillance and security recordings. And slowly, Lily and David's real story emerged. I figured it was best that you hear directly from Lily and David yourselves. So, with the help of these scratchy recordings, I've assembled their story for you. Lily and David's story begins in Charlotte, North Carolina, the year's 2051, just three years after the Great Ice Sheet Collapse. It was a bright spring day, and as usual, it was nice and toasty in David Moreland's apartment. And today, for the first time in a very long time, David had a visitor.
1: Here's your tea, Lily. Now, tell me more about your work at the Department of Resettlements.
2: I'm a resettlements manager, so I get to meet lots of refugees.
1: You must be terribly stressful dealing with people who've lost everything. It can be, but
2: I also see some people who have lots of ambition. It's rewarding watching them rebuild their lives with just a little help from me.
1: <laughs> well, most people aren't as positive as you are about the refugees. Our building is quite close to one of the camps. I'm glad you weren't afraid to come and visit. David was so looking forward to meeting you. Weren't you, David?
0: David sat stiffly in his wheelchair, a pained expression on his face. Sarah dismissed his lack of response with a wave of the hand and turned back to Lily.
1: I do enjoy looking after your great-uncle. Who would have thought that you two had never met before?
3: I was surprised to find that I have some living family after all.
2: Oh, I loved Grandma. And to think, you were her uncle. When Sarah called me, it brought back such nice memories of her. Uh, Do you remember any stories about Grandma? I'd love to hear them.
3: My memories of your grandmother are a little vague.
2: Did you talk much with her?
3: Not
0: really. Lily was stuck. She probably wondered why it was up to her to
3: make conversation.
2: Your apartment is nice. Is it government-sponsored?
3: Oh, absolutely not. There's already too much government meddling in our lives.
2: Definitely. The
3: government knows everything. Artificial intelligence controls everything.
0: David excitedly waved his hands.
3: Humans are becoming redundant. Ow! David,
1: David, I don't think talking about this is in your best interest. Lily, you can see David feels very strongly about it. David, I think you should change the subject.
3: Lily, I I invited you here. Uh, I I don't know that there's an easy way, so I'll get straight to the point. I want to die. What? And there's something I would like from you. From me? Yes. I would like your permission.
1: My permission to die? David wants to exercise his rights under the state's euthanasia law. He needs his next of kin to give permission.
2: Am I the next of kin?
3: You're David's closest living relative. Life has become a painful chore. I would like to go while I still have my dignity.
2: Do you have a terminal illness?
3: I don't want to go into the details. It's a complicated medical situation which young people like you wouldn't be familiar with.
2: This is a big question from someone I hardly know.
3: I hope the fact that you don't know me makes it easier for you. I know it's a shock, but but this is what I want.
2: So the only thing you need to die is my permission.
1: Well, there is one other requirement.
3: No, there isn't.
1: David, you have a social obligation
3: to me. I do not. I'm getting a medical waiver. You've been called to appear before the climate court.
0: David threw up his arms.
3: That's enough.
0: Sarah rushed to David. She wiped his brow, then turned to Lily.
1: Lily, I know this has been a lot to take in. How about I get back in touch with you in a few days? Um,
2: okay.
0: Lily turned to David, but he was in a world of his own. So Lily stood and Sarah led her to the door.
1: So stay on the north side of the road, away from the camp, okay? Take care.
0: Sarah returned to David, reached into a specially designed side pocket, and pulled out an oval-shaped white tablet.
1: Here's your Proxinel.
0: David stuck his tongue out like a child. Sarah placed the tablet on his tongue and brought some water to his lips.
3: Don't ever contradict me again. I didn't contradict you. You brought up the climate court. I said what was true. You know I'm getting a waiver. I won't be going to this supposed court. Well, that's not
1: certain. And I didn't say anything when you lied about a terminal illness. For God's
3: sake, Sarah, stop resisting for once. And why didn't you warn me about Lily's face? What about it? Those
1: tattoos. They're not tattoos. They're kumadori. It's the Japanese word for face painting. Japanese? Kumadori. Why would you change your face like that? Oh, They're fashionable with the young, and they confuse facial recognition systems. Ha!
0: David cautiously raised his arms and swung them around, without any pain. He reached for his walking stick and started to rise out of his wheelchair.
1: David, David, you need to wait for your medication to fully kick
3: in. I'm going to the cafe. Well, I'll come uh, with you. No! I'm going on my own. I've had enough nagging. But your eyesight, David. You need my help. No, I don't. I'm going to the cafe, and you're staying here. All right.
1: Well, let me set up your beacon.
0: Sarah clipped a small device to David's belt, and David slowly made his way to the cafe located in the lobby of his building.
4: Hello, Mr. Morland. Welcome to the Courtyard Cafe. It's been a long time since we last saw you. Oh, wait. It was more than a year ago. Last time you were with Sarah. Will she be joining you today? No. And you sat at that table. Would you like it again?
3: No, I would like to sit out there, in the courtyard.
4: Hmm. Your beacon says that you're not allowed out there, but I'll make an exception for you. This spot in the shade is available, okay?
0: The server led David to the courtyard table and helped him sit.
4: Now, last time, let me see. You had a coffee and a slice of peach. Is that what you'd like again? Of course. All righty. a beautiful slice of peach grown right here in North Carolina. Do you remember when the best peaches came from Georgia? <laughs> Climate sure has destroyed their orchards.
0: The server motioned to leave to get David's order.
4: Wait,
3: how did you know so much about my last visit?
4: <laughs> my Sherpa, this earring is synced to the Cafe AI. It briefs us in real time. Huh? Mm, Haven't you seen a Sherpa before? You know, like the guides to Mount Everest?
0: The Sherpas of Mount Everest? The earring connected to the AI? The look on David's face betrayed the fact that he simply couldn't process the information. Maybe he was sorry he had asked because he didn't even bother to respond.
4: Okay, let me get to your order.
0: David settled into his seat and noticed that the bench next to him was in full sun. David scanned the courtyard to check if anyone was watching. No one was much interested in the old man, so he slid along to the new bench. After a few quiet moments, Sarah hurriedly entered.
3: David, you shouldn't be out here. Your beacon is warning you. Let me sit in the sun. You know it's one of my few remaining pleasures.
0: Sarah acquiesced and patiently waited beside David. As David bathed in the sun, a young couple entered the courtyard. The man wore a blue cap. They approached David and Sarah.
1: We have the bench reserved. Oh, uh sure. Uh we'll move. David, we we have to go.
3: You. You should be in jail, old man. Don't, Aaron. You're a burner, you're a fucking criminal. Leave him alone. Burners should pay. We're leaving. You're a murderer. You shouldn't be allowed in public. You fucking be the shit!
0: After their meeting with David, Lily's first reaction was to contact a lawyer. The only lawyer she knew was her nerdy high school classmate, Matteo Bernal. After some cajoling, Matteo agreed to join Lily and visit David that evening.
3: The next stop will be Arrowwood Station, Arrowwood.
0: Mateo took out his inhaler pump.
2: Asthma? I don't remember you having that in school.
5: It got worse with age. The doctor says it's because my mother had COVID when she was pregnant. It flares up when I get nervous. Nervous? About what? I'm not convinced about this visit. I'm not sure I can help. Sure you
2: can. David's one of the Burner generation. We are all feeling the pain of what the Burners did. He needs to explain himself and his decisions to the climate court.
5: But isn't the point that he wants to die?
2: Well, yes.
5: Give him your permission. What's it to you? you? You don't know him. As you say, he's one of the burners, so why should you be concerned about him?
2: I'm related to the guy. So? I don't know. It sort of means something. Every time I try to convince myself to say yes, it brings back horrible memories of what happened to my mom.
5: So you want to force him to appear at the climate court instead? He's been ordered to attend. Well, why would he need me? The court offers free law bots to all participants.
2: David hates artificial intelligence. If you represent him, it would make it easier for him to go. It would take away one of his excuses.
5: I'm not sure forcing him to go to court is a good idea.
2: Mateo, this means a lot to me. Approaching
5: Arrowood Station. OK, here we go. A reminder to all passengers, no trains will stop at Arrowwood Station after 8 p.m. due to the local curfew.
0: In David's apartment, they settled down to talk.
1: Lily, thank you so much for tracking down, Mr. Bernal. And you too, Mr. Bernal, for taking the time to come and see David.
5: It's my pleasure. I haven't seen Lily since we were in high school together. So, when she called, I was happy to try and help. Now, Mr. Moreland, how familiar are you with the law and the legal
3: proceedings? I know the law. I know your lawyer tactics. You like to ask a series of questions, asking for yes or no answers. I learn never to answer any question with just a yes or no, because you can get trapped.
5: Uh, sounds like you have quite a bit of experience.
3: I've even appeared under oath before congressional hearings. I didn't have any trouble handling them.
5: The climate court is uh, different. A lot of people find it difficult, including most of my clients.
1: What sort of people come to you as clients? I mean, who is it that wants a human lawyer rather than a law bot?
5: Well, it, it's, it's two groups mainly. The elderly who grew up with human lawyers and feel uncomfortable about law bots.
2: Like David.
5: Sure. And that's why I don't wear a Kumadori. Most older people consider them unprofessional.
3: That fashion won't last.
5: Uh, uh, the, the other group of clients is younger and uh, suspicious of the overreach of technology.
1: And how have you found working against law bots?
3: It's, it's irrelevant anyway. I'm getting a medical waiver.
1: You have to appear.
5: Well, we shouldn't pretend it would be easy.
2: I'm not pretending anything. David, you have things to face up to before you die, if that's what you want.
5: Mr. Moreland, as I understand it, you need to appear before the climate court as a condition of your euthanasia request. So why don't we check the exact legal position here? Uh, Maya, please summarize the qualifying tests for a person under the state euthanasia law.
6: A person has to meet three tests to qualify under the state euthanasia law. First, they must fulfill all outstanding social obligations.
5: Okay, that's the climate court. Continue, Maya.
6: The second test is that they must receive the approval of their next of kin. That's me. The final test is that the person must complete an approved statement of reason.
0: This was news to Lily, but was obviously of no concern to David as he'd already recorded his statement of reason.
4: Statement of Reason, archive copy.
3: I am 81 years old. The pain in my joints has made life unbearable. My medications and their side effects rule my life now. The main culprit is the praxinil. I call it ZEP. It's the best drug at reducing the pain, but it has the most side effects. It's ruining my eyes. Incontinence is no fun either. But the worst is the mind fog. I I, I struggle to read or focus or even keep company for long. So I avoid the other residents in my building. Actually, the. The real reason I don't join in with the other residents is that most of them live through their children and grandchildren, sharing stories and photos. I I can't tolerate the regret and unintended cruelty, even after all these years without family. I can't control the horrible consequences of my pain. That's why I want to die. I, David Moreland, wish to die, to leave and to never return. Euthanasia,
6: statement of reason, approved.
0: Back in David's apartment, Mateo was wrapping up. It's a big decision, Mr. Moreland. Do you have any questions?
3: No, I don't. I'm familiar with court situations, and unlike your other clients. In any case, I will be attending court. So this is all academic. I'm sorry I wasted your time.
0: And so with that, David must have thought that he had dispatched the idea of the climate court. Meanwhile, Lily and Mateo headed back to the station.
2: So, will you represent him?
0: I don't think it's going to happen.
5: There are two problems.
2: Okay, Mr. Lawyer, give me your opening statement.
5: Well, first, he doesn't want to appear in court. He's getting a medical waiver.
2: Overruled. I'm going to insist he appear. I'm not ready to give him my permission. Look, he's one of the burners. He needs to explain himself. And I don't want to have the responsibility of another death.
5: In that case, I'll move on to problem number two. I don't want to take him on as a client. What?
2: You're refusing a client who only trusts human lawyers? What gives with that?
5: Are death threats a good enough reason? Death threats? Lots of climate fanatics out there. You know, the ones like the blue caps. They think the climate court is a cover up, that everyone who appears is guilty and should be convicted. So if you represent someone, you become a target, too. They see a human lawyer who's young as an absolute traitor. How can
2: you be a traitor if you're seeking the truth?
0: As Lily and Mateo passed an alleyway, a man in the shadows leapt out, brandishing a machete.
4: Hey, hand it over, man! Give me your shirt book! Transfer
5: 5,000 credits right now! Right fucking now! Hey, we can't do that.
0: Whoosh! The machete whipped across Mateo's face, just missing.
5: Okay,
2: okay, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. Come on, hurry
0: up! A spotlight suddenly lit up the mugger's face. Drop your weapon. The mugger grabbed Lily and used her as a shield. Drop your weapon. Release the woman. Back off, man!
2: Come on, you tell him, lady! Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure we can work this out.
3: you Go on. You heard her go away!
0: This is your last warning. Drop your weapon. The mugger crumpled in a heap behind Lily. Mateo pulled Lily away from the mugger's body the spotlight moved on to mateo and lily they squinted into the bright light this is police drone concord 6 the offender is sedated he's an undocumented refugee from florida i have notified the department of resettlements who will arrive shortly i assess the scene as safe i assess your conditions both as shaken but satisfactory you are free to leave the area would you like any further assistance
2: No, no.
0: A few days later, Lily called David.
2: I've got news for you, David. I've convinced Mateo to represent you so you'll be well supported in court by a human lawyer.
3: I won't be going to court. I received the medical waiver.
2: You have to go. The court is important.
3: I have a waiver.
2: A waiver to kill yourself?
3: to die on my own terms.
2: Well, I'm not giving you permission. I'm not going to be the one who causes your death.
3: That's cruel. You're torturing me. No,
2: you're torturing me. Out of the blue, I find I have long lost family, and you want nothing to do with me except this horrible request.
3: You don't have to do anything but sign a piece of paper.
2: Is that how you did climate policy, just ticking boxes?
3: I achieved more than you can even imagine.
2: Well, show me. Go to the climate court and show me and everyone else.
3: Young people haven't got the attention span to notice. I've kept it simple. A simple permission to die.
2: I, I couldn't live with that.
3: It would be the same as if you never saw me again. Look. I think the court
2: matters, and I think your doctor is wrong. Listen to yourself. You're perfectly able to argue with me. Court would be easier.
3: I just want to die. Forget you ever met me.
2: Really? You want to forget me? Is that what you want?
0: Lily's sudden disconnection from the call flustered David. His hands trembled as he took his ZEP tablet.
3: That's what Jenny said. Jenny? My wife, Jenny. She threatened to take my daughter and leave me. Instead of taking her seriously, I, I taunted her, I dared her. She screamed at me, is that what you want? Families are so complicated. <laughs> I just want to die and be gone. Why is Lily so reluctant to grant me permission? She hardly knows me. You're part of
1: her family. Maybe she cares about that. Ha! Why won't you attend the court like Lily wants?
3: Could you be convicted? I never did anything wrong. You know that. You know about my achievements, about the honors, from the president herself. What are you afraid of, then? I'm not afraid.
0: David carefully rose from his wheelchair and slowly made his way to a seat at the table. Agitated and muttering under his breath, he stared down at the floor for a long time. Eventually, he looked up.
3: Sarah! I don't have a suit to wear to court.
6: I hope you're enjoying the Magnetic Theater's production of Court of the Grandchildren. If you like what we've heard, please review us on your favorite podcast app. And please spread the word. This adaptation of Court of the Grandchildren was written by Michael Montezoff and directed by Jason Williams, based on the novel by Michael Montezoff and Greg Finlayson. Music by Shane Ivers at SilvermanSound.com. The cast members were Stan Baranowski as David Moreland, Kirby Gibson as Lily, Sheila Collins as Sarah, Scott Fisher as Mateo, Zach Hamrick as Attorney 5 and Server 2, Natasha Charles as the judge, Gabby Bailey as Dr. Gutierrez and Server 1, Tom Griffin as the mugger and Rhett Dockery, Aaron Yubara as the young man, station announcer, police, drone, diner, and protester. Sonia D'Andrea as the young woman, Maya, and server three, and Daniel Massacott as the narrator. I'm Katie Jones, Artistic Director at the Magnetic Theater. Thanks for listening.